Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Today, we want to talk about the things we never want to do at work again. As a creative person, as a full-fledged adult, just no thank you, let's skip these things. Um, I just want you to start this off. I'm sure you have a laundry list. <laughs> do I ever? Um, at the very, very top of that list is that I never again want to walk into an interview room and perform that dance of sliding a business card across the table with the intimation that this is so you can write me a thank you note. It's disgusting. I hate it when people do it to me. I hate being expected to do that. And I have actually not even ordered business cards for either of the last two jobs that I've held because I hate them so much. <laughs> That's a really funny point. I always would forget them. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> let me run out and get it. Like it's so dumb. Well, it's it's also very silly that you don't think that person already stalked you right, everywhere look me on up. the internet. Like, exactly. And then they get one person's email. They know your email. There's exactly. a formula. Uh -huh. So like they're just not even purposeful anymore. It's a very old timey convention that for some reason we're still hanging on to. And I think that that's the case with a lot of these like dumb, dumb work practices that like we don't have to do these anymore. <laughs> yeah, totally. What oh, else? gosh. You know what? One thing which um, I have been vocal about throughout my adult life, I would say, is that I really, really hate butts and seats. So to not be mandated to be somewhere by a certain time, and I'm not talking crazy like noon, but I'm talking like 8.30. And if you're not there at 8.30, somebody's looking at their little notebook, writing down. And then when you walk in at 9.15, the whole room is all Oh, nice oh, of you to show you? up. Uh -huh. What have you been up to? Oh, I see you got coffee. Mm, well, our meeting's in five minutes. It's so gross. I hate that attitude. It's disgusting. Maybe that's the point. I don't want to have to explain what I've been up to. Um, and I, you know, answered your emails at seven this morning while I was getting ready. And then my dog ran under the couch and I've been dealing with that. I had to get the peanut butter out and <laughs> I had to, then they had to go outside. And then, you know, I dropped a glass and it broke everywhere. I'm like, do you want that information? I'm here now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that like, also the way that the ways in which we've worked and the technology that's been available to us during our careers has changed so much. I totally. never used to check my work email before going into the office, but yeah. then, you know, I, I would, I had it in my hand with me for the 45 minutes I was sitting on the train. Um, right. so just because you don't see my face doesn't mean I'm not working. Of course. And I hope that you know, that kind of mentality will dissipate now that everyone's gone through this work from home situation. I hope mm -hmm. the flexibility, the mindset of where are you, what are you up to settles down. And I don't know if that's generational or if that's a personality type that's controlling or somebody who doesn't feel like they have um, a sense of what their team's up to. So they want to see their faces. I'm not sure which one it contributes to the most, but I hope it, you know, goes away. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's really goofy and it's very, very backward and old timey. Um, and I think you make a good point about like 
this, if nothing else, should completely change the way that we approach that kind of like need for optics. I'm I, yeah, I hope doing so. enormous air quotes right now. And um, I hope so on behalf of everyone in the world because it doesn't even affect me anymore, right? <laughs> like I just hope for people who maybe aren't the best at the morning. Again, I'm going to talk to this all the time, but it truly has been a pain point in my life that I feel like I've been penalized for. And that's not fair um, mm-hmm. at all. And you are tuned in whether your face is there or not. So something I really hate is that conference game dance too. So you kind of stand outside the conference room, look in the window, knock if on the, it's been, you know, it's 3.30 and a half. Uh I had the room at 3.30. I need to get on this call. And it's kind of that dance where you, you sort of feel like a jerk but an entitled one. It's your room. You booked it. Well, what it are is they? a and huge power move for then people to just sit, sit there and look at you dead in the eye while they're in your room. Yeah, especially if they're squatters. They uh-huh. didn't even book the slot before you. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, let's let's be optimistic and, and think that someday we will get back into conference rooms of some sort at all. Um, but yeah, I do really hate that. And it is like, then there's the 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 awkward avoidance of eye contact also in those situations yes. or like yes. if you're waiting for the room and you just kind of sidle up and like move, it is so good but th- there are a lot of like very bizarre physical motions that we take um <laughs> that are kind of all live in the same neighborhood for me yeah the ways that I would like pretend to look at my phone when I can see somebody 30 feet down a hallway who I didn't want to talk to <laughs> Um, was was expert level. And I think that we all do that. And it's just all these like weird norms that we've put into place that I find hilarious, but also incredibly exasperating. Um, I witnessed that a few times, not myself doing it, but other people doing it. And it was so blatantly obvious, uh, but it wasn't text messaging or looking at your phone. It was, they would pretend to get a phone call so they wouldn't get in the elevator. Oh. And that is just hysterical. Like your phone is black. I can see it. <laughs> um, it's so gross, but like so ingrained in us at this point. So it's, you know, we we kind of have to house train ourselves, right? Let's. I would like to treat myself as my own personal puppy. Um, (laughs) Sure. And how do we break bad habits that we have developed? You know, let's, let's, let's train ourselves a little bit better. I love that approach. Yeah. Just a pound puppy yourself. Exactly. Uh Uh-huh. I think that's really funny. Oh, I've got one. Raise his hand. I don't want to go to any more forced fun activities. Ooh. Nobody wants to be at Kathy's baby shower. Just give these people money. Um, I I just don't, I I like, I like the people I work with and I always have, but I don't want to go to any of these like team building activities. If I have to do another one of those, like painting with a twist things at work, (laughs) I'll, I'll cut my hand off. I can't do it. (laughs) But I would like to counter that with, there was a time in your younger life where that did matter. You did like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I I know that because I was doing it with you and we liked it together. <laughs> well, we liked each other, you know? Well, and ultimately that's what it's about. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what those things are about is they're trying to make you 
grow relationships and friendships so that you work better together. That's the point of it all, right? Yeah. But when it starts to feel forced and you're resentful that you have to be there, that's when it sucks. And maybe you've outgrown it or maybe you've outgrown the organization or, you know, you'd rather go home to your family or go out to dinner with your friends. You don't want to eat the shitty quesadilla and burnt chicken <laughs> finger with your coworkers on weird small paper plates and oh, talk so about, sad. I don't even know what, probably the weather. Uh-huh. Oh, but, oh, that is, you just painted a bleak picture, but you're right. I'm not being generous enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am such a cynic about these things. I am I will, I will go public with this in case anybody had, was confused at all. I am not or never have been a joiner. Um, I don't like group activities. I don't like um, all of that like goofy like camaraderie. I was never a summer camp kid. Um, and so I can get really shitty and really ungenerous in my interpretations of people who do have fun at those things. So I apologize for that. <laughs> I wasn't trying to throw shade at your approach. I just I'm think- owning it. Yeah, but I think it's totally something that is maybe made for a different generation, you know, yeah, or like uh-huh. a different stage in your career or your time at that company, right? If you've been there a while, you don't want to do that stuff anymore. But if yeah. you're new, that sounds great. I want to make some friends, build relationships. Also, as a joiner, as a leader, as a team person, <laughs> I played all sports. I love that stuff. I still high five and it embarrasses <laughs> me and probably the people around me, but I do it. You I can't thumbs, help it. It's I compulsive. thumbs up. I sort of cheerlead. I get enthusiastic about group things. I cry at sports movies. <laughs> like I am a joiner 100%. Um, and I like that camaraderie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have felt very awkward and we just awkward and strange in those forced baby showers or uh-huh. forced bachelorette parties or forced um, retirement parties. Anything with like a cake or singing or like, <laughs> you know, the beer cart comes out at four. Well, I need to leave at 4.15. So like, right. can I just like chug this drink and run out and hope nobody sees me waiting at the elevator? <laughs> no. <laughs> and you're not going on a ride with them either. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I think too, when I moved to Austin three and a half years ago, um, I was very, very eager. I didn't work for a little while. I was freelancing, which, um, I have mentioned has never been a very successful endeavor for me. Um, but I was really, really looking for friends. I didn't know a ton of people in town And because all of my previous jobs had supplied me with such a a rich um, well of of friends and friendships, I was thinking that I would receive the same thing when when I got here. And so I would go to these things and I was terrified and so nervous. But they also um, made me feel really sad because they made me miss my friends and they made me miss liking those things. And so I know it was dark. (laughs) Um, And I went to them and then I I realized that I sort of wasn't going to have that lightning in a bottle again. And that could have been my age. It could have been the new city. It could have been any number of things. Um, But I became, I think, a little bit jaded because it wasn't any longer like instant friendship factory at the jobs that I worked at. Yeah. And you know what? I felt the same way with this next, this last job. Yeah. Um, because 
I was one of the older ones, right? Uh-huh. And I, guys, we're not that old. We're, we're not even 40. Okay. We're not that old. We I'm, realize, I'm knocking on it real hard. I got it. We realize we're not that old. We, we do have some <laughs> humility there. But when you're in an organization and you're in the top 5% age wise or 10% even, and everyone on your team or, you know, the bigger team you're on is 10 years younger than you, you are older. Yeah. So, I watched a ton of the people on my team build these incredible friendships and relationships. And I was just like really proud. I brought them together is all I could kind of think about because while I definitely have some really great relationships from that, from that role, they're not this, they're not those best friend relationships that we made in our early twenties. You're in a different stage of life. You have more time to spend with people. You're more available. You don't have as, maybe you don't have as many people around. Um, so you're open to that. You're a sponge for those these new people. Whereas you get older, you have things to do and people people to be and your calendar is a little bit full or that's not, you're in a different season of life where that's not important because you did that already. And right now you're focused on X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I, around the same time as you, I kind of was feeling the same thing, um, but for entirely different reasons. Um, so I think it, it definitely has to do with age. Yeah. This is getting unexpectedly deep. I know. Um, I'm not mad. I mean, I think that these are good conversations. I don't think that they're specific to creative people, but like, you know, work is work and work is hard and work is, is, is a whole lot of things that aren't fun and aren't what we would choose to be doing. So I think that like those things, those forced fun things, those team activities, those events, um, we were making the best of situations that we didn't always want to be in. And when you don't have that outlet anymore, and when you don't have that crew anymore, and this is again, very specific to both of our individual situations, um, you have to learn to find different um, things that excite you, I guess, and different ways to be um, engaged with the work and not want to actively, you know, not be there. And again, like this is like one of my my platform issues of all time is just kind of communicating like a person. I think all of this stuff is so formal in a way that it doesn't need to be in the year 2020. Um, I have a very hard time reconciling wearing a full sweatsuit on a Zoom call every day at work and then saying, thank you for your email. I hope it finds you well. Those two things do not align for me and shouldn't in um, a, a, a time in which we can all kind of know that we need to communicate more like people and human beings and less like, um, you know, Tess McGill. Oh boy. (laughs) That was a working girl reference, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Probably went over about 80% of everyone's heads. I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt and say 75. Oh, okay. Let's go. I thought you're going to go lower. Um, I think what you're hinting to there is, the blend, like work-life blend, right? And I don't mean that from an an infusion standpoint or that there is no difference or differentiation or that you shouldn't set boundaries. Um, But the idea that if you are going to talk on a call or be in a meeting or be around your coworkers and be a certain way, when they hear from you digitally, you should be the same person. 100%. And I think that's, you know, authenticity and not trying to be something you're not. And honestly, if you are being a decent human being, following decent human being rules and, you know, work etiquette that isn't too uppity and too buttoned too tight, um, you're going to do that naturally. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I, I think, really kind of are both such casual 
candid people. Um, and when that is, is perceived as I have sometimes been perceived as being unprofessional, I know I'm in the wrong room and yes. in the wrong workplace. And I don't, that's not for me. Um, yep. And so it's a good kind of like litmus test, you know, for like how people communicate and the ways in which I interviewed for a job last year that was so not for me because of that. Everyone was like very buttoned up and did, you know, find each other well all the time. And so I removed myself from consideration. It was a great job. It would have been fine. The people were nice, but they were not the people um, who are communicating a little more casually, candidly. They were pretty serious businessy people. And that's just not my jam. Yeah, I completely understand. And I don't know if that's a creative thing um, in general, yeah. being a little more casual because, you know, ideas are flowing in and out and you find humor in really f- silly places. But I know I've been perceived as unprofessional before um, for being myself. Yeah. Um, and there's and that wasn't the situation I should have been in or maybe the role or company, but I, or maybe it was an individual thing, right? Maybe somebody decided they didn't like me and that was a way to perceive me or talk down to me, um, to kind of like get under my skin. Well, mm-hmm. whoever it was, it worked. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here to tell you it worked Good. and, um, it, it only made me more aware and it made me more aware of what I don't want to be around. That's exactly the same experience I had. And I, you know, it's trial and error, right? Like I, I wouldn't have known that that was not an environment that was that I for which I was well suited unless I had been in it. You know, I kind of always thought that there was one kind of job, one kind of workplace. And when I had this like corporate job where I was wearing like, you know, polyester lined pants every day um, and had to talk about business, I, I thought that there was something fundamentally wrong with me for not getting it, for not caring about it, for not liking it. But there are a million different ways to work and there are a million different places to work. And many of those places and many of those ways are much better um, attuned to both of our personalities. I agree. Also, I will say like wearing like slacks from Express <laughs> and things like that in like the early 2000s was normal. Like I think I even wore some of those things like to college, like classes. Oh, I was like full out. blown in like, yeah, uh-huh. I was always in like Ann Taylor get-ups to go to, <laughs> to go to class in college. Like fully dressed, like gray slacks with boots and like a going out top, <laughs> which rarely had um had sleeves <laughs> or straps. It was mostly, you know, it was early 2000s. It was definitely a tube top and <laughs> maybe a little a little bit glittery. I mean, I, I live in Austin, Texas, and I wear a sweatsuit outside in the middle of the summer. So I there there's a problem here that I don't I don't know where it's based. It's a deep problem. Yeah. But I think that like that's super interesting too, to think about not only like the jobs and the industries that we've had that have changed over the years, but like everybody's just becoming more casual. I guarantee that if I walked into the PR firm where I worked 15, 16 years ago, nobody would be dressed like polyester ladies anymore. Really funny. Um, you mentioned jeans. I remember going, I worked with a bunch of recruiters and different um, firms along the way. And I got this one role in my one interview in my early twenties, like when I was looking for my second job and um, she, I remember vividly on the phone with this woman and she's like, yeah, well, they're, um, they're an agency. So I would recommend, um, 
some like well-fitting jeans, maybe, <laughs> maybe of the darker color. Um, not, you don't have to wear a pencil skirt or heels, but you know, some like a kind of a trendy outfit would be good. Huh. <laughs> Which okay. like, I can't even really, ex- I would never give someone advice on how to dress uh-uh. thinking about a job interview now. No. And maybe in 2000 and I don't know, five or six, that was, that was normal or that was like so revolutionary and so different than what they're used to telling them like candidates for advice Yeah, that she just knew she had to tell me that. Huh. That's really funny. Yeah. I don't know. I, the the second place, I, I don't know if I, the first place where I worked, I don't know if they had like a policy on jeans, which like, again, this is like so dumb. <laughs> where would that- you want to wear? I don't yeah. understand all of these weird arbitrary rules. And I guess that's probably another thing that I no longer want to do is like adhere to any of these dumb, dumb rules that they have for no reason. Um, like that's a, a great one, actually. Uh-huh. Like I don't really, a, a dress code? Why am I here? Am I here so you can look at me or am I here so I can do work? Also- are people coming into the office who I'm meeting with? Do I need to impress someone with my looks? Right. Because um, generally, we were just interacting with each other uh-huh. in every job I've had. I've always, yeah. almost never been in front of a client. Um, it was very few and far between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, hopefully, a lot of these old-timey rules will no longer be with us if and when we go back to physical workplaces. Um, if and when. Yeah. I When I got this job last year, the job that I work at now, I um, bought a ton of – because that's the other thing. It's like don't you always treat new opportunities and new jobs as sort of a, a reinvention of yourself, right? Yeah. So I bought a ton of new clothes um, from Bowdoin to be kind of a lady. And they're cute. I like them. I would wear them in my regular life before I started only wearing sweatsuits. Um, <laughs> but now like I look in my closet and like, I'm not going to wear those clothes anytime soon. And I'm not even sure that I would want to wear those clothes to work. Cause I just yeah. want to wear sweatsuits all the time. Even at if leisure, I go back into an office. At leisure for life. I think I mean, so. It's so comfortable. I feel myself in these kind of clothes too. Right. Like uh-huh. I am purely, I am very casual and I like to be comfortable. Yeah. So it's perfect. Um, and it's, I mean, I would dress it up a little bit when I was going to the office. Sure. I'd put on boots with my leggings mm-hmm. and a sweater over my athleisure shirt. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if I was tricking anybody. What do you think the worst thing you ever wore to work was? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I, I know what it was. It was, gosh, this is probably the, about the same time period. Um, like a, a mid-length tunic. So it was above my knees with um, sheer sheer tights, not leggings, tights, okay. with a very fat, probably four-inch roped brown belt right under my boobs. Oh, I know that. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it wasn't cute. I see pictures. My waist did not look small. I don't know what I thought that <laughs> belt was doing. Like, this Angie would never put a belt on. Like, my <laughs> – your tunic wasn't going anywhere. What was the point of that look? You put tunic on. <laughs> I think so it was funny. just – I think it was simply to accessorize. My shoes were probably brown or something. I think one of the weirdest things I wore to work, and it wasn't even the, like the, the most – I mean, I wore a lot of weird shit. We have a very famous story in our friend group and our, our group of former colleagues. 
of me wearing. Um, Emily, I, before you say this, I that was almost the photo I chose to post on you oh God, on Instagram, and I thought it was way too deep of a cut. Oh, I will get there. I uh, this is a story yes. that deserves a platform. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> in 2016. I took a trip to Asia and had seen in Seoul a pair of pants at a chain retailer and was like, uh, those pants are cool and I love them, but I didn't buy them. <laughs> and she's turned off her microphone. <laughs> and then um, I was in Singapore after that, saw the pants again, and I was like, this is a sign. Um, it was a, a wide gaucho um, <laughs> that hit at right about mid-calf, a flattering uh, cut for everyone. And um, elastic waist, pleats, pockets, and if I didn't think, and to be very clear, I still think they're cool pants and I still wear them. Um, but the way I got to wear, I wore them. Um, so I was like waiting for like a special day to wear my special outfit. And I I was wearing these navy gauchos that again, mid-calf pleated. Um, and with a- Explain what gauchos are just real quick in case people don't know. It's like a culotte. It is, a, it is an extraordinarily wide-legged pant. Um, huge. So <laughs> these were like kind of a, they're like a cotton poly blend, I think. So kind of a stiff fabric. Um, and I had paired them with like a, a navy and um, cream striped boat neck shirt. Um, I looked like a gondolier. Um, and I walked into work like really, I mean, it was as though the music from Saturday Night Fever was playing when I walked down Jackson Street, Jackson Boulevard in Chicago into that office. I was feeling myself in such a Tony Monero way. I just couldn't even believe it. Um, and I walked into the office and I can't remember like who first, do you remember like how I learned they were weird? <laughs> oh God, this day is like one of the funniest days of my life. Truly um, all time. I, it truly, I think we talk about it on a monthly basis and uh -huh. it, it will like fill my laughter up for the day. Just, you know, a 10 minute conversation. Um, I don't, it wasn't me. It okay. may have been Kelly. Oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been Kelly. Uh -huh. Um, I may, I might've been Suzanne. May have been. Uh-huh. Or it could have been Ethan, actually. If any of you are listening yeah. and it was you, let us know. Please. I do, I do know that it was me who documented the – and I have the photo on my phone. Uh-huh. So it was um, – the fun. I mean, it was the funniest day in the entire – we couldn't stop laughing. Nothing was funnier than these pants. And nothing has been funnier than these pants since. <laughs> it's but, so true. That's what you get for, like, you know, pushing the sartorial envelope at work. I mean, maybe we should just be – you know, maybe I should go back to the Banana Republic polyester-lined pants. Who knows? So if you'll remember on our previous episode, we had encouraged folks to reach out to someone they know or maybe don't know is the friend of a friend, the colleague of a colleague um, to do some sort of informal networking. Angie, did you do that? I did. Um, awesome. I actually talked to a friend who is a, is, was, is in a transition period, um, a career coach. So I just wanted to kind of pick her brain, um, hear about her experience and um, get some feedback on a few things. So thank you, Sarah, if you're listening. Nice. Um, I didn't proactively reach out because I sort of, I guess we karmically put this out and I had two different people reach out to me. Um, one is a former colleague who now lives in Southeast Asia and um, 
for whatever wonderful reason, remembered that this is my line of work to do like content and copy and stuff. And he just wanted to sort of talk about his um, needs for someone who does this and how maybe we could work together. And that was awesome to reconnect with him. It was really kind of fun to like hear what he's been up to. So that was cool. Um, tricky to, to schedule a time with somebody who's in Southeast Asia. So it was eight o'clock PM my time and eight o'clock AM his time. So but that was kind of fun. Um, and then just today, actually, I spoke with a woman I went to grad school with who reached out to me about like, you would have liked this conversation. It was about like um, content creation and process. Mm. Um, so I got to- I love sell, process. Uh, yes, much much more than I do. And it's are much better suited to <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> but it was great to hear what she's been up to. Um, she seemed, uh, she's got a lot of work to do. I was certainly happy to answer any questions. And it really, um, in case you haven't noticed, I talk too much. So it was very easy for me to fill a half an hour with like bloviating. Um, and so that was kind of a nice way to, you know, reconnect with her and share some info that I may have gathered along the way. Love it. Those are two really great ones. Yeah. And they just came to you. It's magic. Truly magic. Karma. Um, what's our homework for this week? Find something that you don't like doing and that are going to stop doing at work. That's a great one. Yeah. Actually. Uh-huh. And and not a personal habit, but something that we're just all doing because we don't think that there's another way to do it. Um, so like if you are putting an out of office up this week as I am and as you are, don't say thank you for your email. Thank you all for being so kind with all of this as we have launched this little podcast. We are certainly building the bike as we ride it and there is a lot for us to learn, but we have been so heartwarmed and impressed and really lucky to have the networks we have because everyone has been exceedingly kind um, and telling us that they have found this maybe even a little bit useful. And you know what? If you're lying to us, I'm fine with that in this situation. <laughs> no, truly. Ditto everything Emily said there. It has been so fun to see this come to life, literally editing, learning the whole process. Um learning to use our fancy microphones and getting to spend some time with my pal on a consistent basis and talk about this stuff. Um, So I really hope you're enjoying this. Let us know if you have a question you want us to talk about or a topic. Um, We have a zillion ideas, but we would love some of yours um, to augment this and make it even better for our listeners. Well, we're excited to do this again next week. Um, We've got a lot more to say, but to Angie's point, we'd love to hear from you about what we're saying. And um, we're excited to talk to you again soon. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Artist at Work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at artist at work pod. And our website is the artist at work.com. We'll see you next time.